Hello and welcome to What Do You Want to Watch with me, Craig. And me, Tom. And so we're back for February's edition of the podcast and we're looking at two big streaming shows and then we've really struggled for a third thing so we've found a random movie that we thought Tom might enjoy. But first as ever, what have you been watching, Tom? What have I been watching the last month? It's we're, Now we're doing these monthlies, there should be more, but... But there is not on my list. Um, what have I been watching? I tried to watch The Kitchen on Netflix, which is a sort of futuristic look at um, a London. What would you say? It's the, oh, it's the last remaining sort of high rise, um, high rise development or, or whatever. I didn't get very far with that. It's got um, Kano, who was in the not the boys. What was it? Top boy. That's it. But no, I didn't enjoy that. Yeah, I think you enjoyed that. You watched that and enjoyed it. I watched you? it. I thought it was all right. It was, the, it was from directed by Daniel Kaluuya, the actor from Get Out and various other things. And it wasn't a perfect movie, and it did take some odd choices. But I thought it was an interesting enough watch. I couldn't finish it. I'm afraid. Even though it uh, had your mate Ian Wright, right, right in it. Yeah, that, even that couldn't salvage it. I'm afraid. I've also watched You Are What You Eat, a twin experiment um, on Netflix, which is about twins doing different diets and seeing how it affects them. One of the one of the tests were checking um, the arousal of each of the twins by putting um, a thermographic imaging camera at their groin and making them watch pornography, which is quite interesting. And a vegan diet in one of them increased it by the, the heat. By 300%. Can you believe it, Cray? I can't believe it. I was waiting to find out what the results of the, the diet experiments were. I didn't realize you were giving me such detailed analysis of the arousal. Well, yeah, well, the diet, I don't know. I don't think any of them stuck to it. But that was that was the most interesting part. And lastly, I watched American Nightmare, season one. I think, can't remember what that was about. True crime. Um, as you know, I'm a big fan of true crime, but I wouldn't recommend that one. A bit dull. And that's all I can think I've watched in the last month. Okay, lovely. <laughs> sorry, what have, sorry, I was waiting for you to tell me what you... You can tell me now, what have you been watching, Craig? Well, as you can imagine, I've been watching lots of things over the past month. I think some of the highlights have been Masters of the Air on Apple TV, which is the new World War II series, and which is brilliant and it's had some criticism that it's not as good as Band of Brothers and the Pacific and that the CGI is a little bit wonky with all the air bombing scenes but I thought it's been absolutely brilliant the first episode was a bit slow but since then it's picked up and episode three was truly phenomenal which is pretty much focused all around one bombing mission um, and it was brilliantly shot brilliantly well done it was an incredible cast and yeah I can't re recommend Masters of the Air enough True Detective Night Country another brilliant show that's nearing its conclusion. Jodie Foster is absolutely brilliant in this. And yeah, it's interesting. It's certainly a, a return to form for True Detective after a pretty wonky season two and season three. Um, along with that, I have been watch. I did watch The Marvels because it's now out on Disney Plus. That's the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe film, which has been widely panned and was a box office disaster. But, and this is a hill I'm willing to die on. It, along with Ant-Man Quantumania, is a perfectly fine movie. They are not particularly worse than any of the other Marvel movies. They are all of an average quality. There's some funny moments. And I do not think the Marvels is any worse than most of the Thors, for instance. 
Well, I've not Would... watched it, so I can't tell you, but I can tell you Ant-Man Quantumania was Okay, well, I would recommend the Marvels as well because it was it's quite short. It's only about 90 minutes, so that is one positive for it. Where, where True Detective is now, it's not on Netflix or anything. No, True Detective is on Sky or HBO Max. Yeah. Um, this season is set in Ennis, Alaska. It's an interesting setting because um, in winter, they don't have sunlight for in 30 days, so it's just complete blackness the whole month, which um. you think it's grim enough living in Scotland in the winter months, at least we do occasionally, and occasionally being the key word, get a little bit of sunlight, <laughs> uh, maybe around midday. God, sounds brutal. And one last thing I just want to talk about, which again is probably the worst show I've seen so far this year, is After the Flood, which is on ITV or STV player if you're in Scotland. It's a series which I think has been directed and created by a guy who's a lot, lot of hand in the Harlan Coben Netflix series, and you'll probably know that from watching this. This is completely based around twists, which are all very bizarre. It's almost written like a sitcom. It's supposed to be a serious show about a murder that happens during a flood in a Yorkshire town, but the way that the dialogue is written, there's, you would expect there would be a laughter track in between each each line. Um, it's utterly bizarre, and it's got quite a reasonable big cast. It's got Philip Glenister in it. It's got Sophie Rundle. Matt Soko as well. So there's a lot of reasonably big British actors in it, but it is not very good at all, and I would give that a miss. Oh, gosh, that does sound dire. Yeah, well... well give, that, give that a miss, listeners. Yeah. So anyway, let's move on to what we have been watching this month. What is on the list this week, Tom? Well, this week or this month, indeed, we watched um, Ambulance which is a movie that we were scraping the barrel a little bit before, but um, Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, so you expect it to be quite good. You'll find out if it was shortly. Um, we also watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith, with uh, written and starring Donald Glover, um, and Griselda, the sort of Narcos female godmother-style show with Sofia Vergara. Find out if they're any good next. First up this week, it's Griselda, a new limited series from the creators of Narcos, continuing to exploit people's addiction to drug overlords and true crime. This limited series sees Sophie Vergara play Griselda, who as the opening title reveals is the only person feared by one Pablo Escobar. The show follows the rise and inevitable fall of the drug boss as she escapes Colombia and sets up business in Miami. Continuing on from the theme of women not respected, the show also follows June, an underappreciated officer, as she tries to arrest and discover the female narco. So, Tom, did you enjoy this, or would you have rather watched Modern Family? <laughs> I did enjoy Modern Family, so probably that. But I thought this was very watchable. I enjoyed it. If you enjoyed Narcos, you'll probably enjoy this, although it's not quite at the same caliber as sort of you know the original narcos i think sofia vergara does a decent job prosthetics are pretty impressive looking but if you like a bit of action a bit of drugs a decent enough story then i reckon you'll enjoy this i've watched the whole thing craig has not what did you make of it craig yeah i mean it's it's fine i think that's probably where it sits it kind of feels like it's kind of going through the motions of sort of hitting the beats of the story where you know she has some success and then something goes wrong and she has to make it right and it's kind of in this struggle and i don't think it had much to, to differentiate it 
you know, from the other narco series, I say, I say it's probably not not as strong as the original narcos or the narcos Mexico. They obviously lean on the kind of the feminist angles I mentioned in the intro to try and differentiate it and make it seem like something a bit different. But I'm not sure that that's enough or interesting enough because it's just kind of repeated that, you know, she's a woman, she's not respected. The same goes for, for June and the police. And of course, inevitably, June and Griselda both win the day. So, I mean, it, it was okay. I think it also struggled as well. And obviously, she was a very violent, ruthless person. I don't think that's a spoiler to say that. And they obviously try and show her wrestling with these decisions, trying to protect her, her family. She's got three you know, youngish sons. They try and show a sympathetic slant to that. But then inevitably, she will go and order some incredibly violent, heinous crime or killing. So it's hard to kind of match up the kind of almost sympathetic tone it takes to some of the decisions that she makes and then the brutality of those decisions. But I think, as you mentioned, Sophia Vergara does do a good job in the role of states, that role that she's not typically associated with it. You know, she's always going to be associated with Gloria Delgado, and this was certainly a very different role to that, and she was perfectly good. The rest of the cast, there's not anyone particularly well-known in it. There's a few other faces that you might recognise from the other Narco series. But overall, it's a fairly run-of-the-mill, average, limited series. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably give it a slightly more positive spin, but you've not seen the end either there. Well, this I wouldn't say this is a spoiler, but at one point she goes on a sort of... She tries crack cocaine rather than the cocaine she's been having to date and goes a bit mental. And it's quite an uncomfortable episode, I'd say. It goes a little bit far and... A bit strange, quite what I was looking for. And then I'd say the final episode, I think if you watched it, you'd agree with me, is almost like, okay, we've told the story to this point. Here's the final episode. Let's wrap it all up. And it just was really wrapped up really quickly. Some things weren't explained as well as you might have wanted them to. So I don't think it was wrapped up particularly well. But overall, I think I give it three and a half to Dooms. Watchable. If you enjoyed Narcos, give it a watch. A little bit harsher than you, but yeah, three digits, it's fine, it's solid. I think you've watched Narcos, you know what to expect, and this is just operating on a slightly lower level than, than the Narcos series. And I'm not surprised you said that it did seem a bit rushed to tell this whole story in six episodes, but I think that's probably because there wasn't that much story to tell, and six episodes was you know adequate to, to cover all the bases. So three digits for me... There's no surprises there. I think if you know going into this, you think you like it, you probably will. If you seen the trailer say that's not for me then it won't be for you and now it's time for the news uh, netflix have ordered two more harlan coben adaptations missing you and run away i'm not sure what to make of that after we pretty much slated um his latest one and obviously we didn't get we were trying to get one of the actors on the pod but couldn't quite manage. Yeah, that was some sad news. Probably should open with that, that we had tried to get a pivotal character in the series, busy burrito manager, but unfortunately, despite our best efforts, um, understandably, she was too busy making burritos to attend, to join the podcast. Look, she, she got a line in that show. She's a, a big character there. Her agent turned us down very politely. Yeah, it was a very nice email, so thank you and best of luck to um, her in, in the future. But no, I don't think it's any surprise that Netflix have ordered more of these. They've been, despite middling reviews and a lot of Mickey taking online, they've been very well received in terms of the number of people watching them, you know, millions of views. So 
there's no doubt Netflix will, will continue to produce these every year until people get bored in their lessons to not watch them. <laughs> Never. Netflix have also announced a $5 billion push into live TV after signing a 10-year deal with WWE to stream the wrestling show Raw. I mean, are you excited about that? It used to be SmackDown versus Raw. What happened to SmackDown? I don't know. I don't know if SmackDown still exists. I think the announcement itself in terms of that Raw is going to be on Netflix is of absolutely no significance to me and I really couldn't care less but I think the fact that Netflix are going to be pushing into the you know live sport model and trying to I think they've got a few other live events like some of the sort of minor award shows around the Oscars and um, are going to be shown live so it's certainly interesting that they're going to push into that and whether they would then try and get Premier League football or you know a, a sport that I would have interest in certainly be intriguing to see but at the moment we are limited to some wrestling the Premier League on Netflix, you heard it here first. Prime have announced Roadhouse, a film starring Jake Gyllenhaal about an ex-UFC fighter, and it'll be out on March 21st. When you said we were watching a Jake Gyllenhaal film this time round, and I googled it, that was the one that kept coming up, and instead we had to watch The Ambulance. No spoilers on what I thought about it before then. Yeah, well, I know you'll be desperate to watch the new Jake Gyllenhaal movie. When it comes out on Prime, it did look quite good. I did watch the trailer. Halle Berry's sci-fi film, The Mothership, uh, which had been filmed and was in post-production, has been scrapped by Netflix for financial reasons, or was it just pish? It could be that it was just rubbish, but we are seeing that more and more that studios are scrapping films even once they've been made. Which does seem a real shame for everyone who's been involved in that, all the creatives, the time and effort, and money that's been spent but obviously from a company point of view it's just a sort of numbers on a balance sheet and they can just chuck it in the bin and move on with their their lives i don't really understand if all the work's been done what's the difficulty with just punting it on their own platform well i think just right they can get a tax break from it i think there's another case that there's a roadrunner film that's been made by warner brothers that they don't want to release and again the whole thing's been shot big cast and things you'll cost 80 million dollars or something to, to film and i think netflix and prime and other people have made offers to buy it so they can show it and uh, warner brothers have said no so that film will also be joining the mothership in the bin not ideal um and lastly but most importantly taylor swift will be jetting um onto our screens on march the 15th i see what you did there as she's always bloody jetting around and burning fossil fuels. It's all, it's her film about her era's tour um, arriving on Disney+. Plus. But I was hoping after the Super Bowl, that was the, the back of her. We wouldn't have to hear about her for a while, but it looks like she's bloody sticking around. Well, it's not just that. She's releasing a new album. Oh, Tortured yeah. Poets Society or Department or something. That will be out in April, so it's non-stop Taylor Swift. God, I hate Taylor Swift. I really wanted the 49ers to win, even though I have no interest in, in American football, just so she'd shut up and hopefully dump what's-his-face Kelsey so we can all move on with our lives. <laughs> anyway. And that was the news. And that was the news. <laughs> 
Netflix have recently added Michael Bay's 2022 action thriller Ambulance. And because it stars Tom Fa- Tom's favourite, Jake Gyllenhaal, we thought we would check it out. Jake plays an egotistical bank robber who enlists the help of his army vet adopted brother whose wife has cancer and has a young child. Yes, <laughs> he really is all those things to help in his latest heist. The heist quickly goes awry, and as you may suspect from the title, they have to escape through Ellie in an ambulance. The film also stars Yahya Abdul-Matin II and Isa Gonzalez as Jake's brother and the unfortunate paramedic. So, Tom, did you enjoy take, being taken on this wild ride around LA, or do you want to call the emergency services for crimes against cinema? <laughs> Probably the latter. I mean, as you say, I, I enjoy Jake Gyllenhaal film. He does a good film. But this was... A film that, as you can imagine by the title, is is shot eighty percent of the time, or more by the by the feel of it, inside a bloody ambulance going about LA. I watched it in two parts over two nights. It's there's a lot of action. No, there's not even a lot of action. There's a bit of action at the start, a bit of action at the end. In the middle, it's a lot of ambulancing. And my greatest gripe about this film is there's absolutely no logic to it. They could have ditched this ambulance. A million at a million points in the, throughout the film, but they they decide to stick with it and paint it green. What did you think, Craig? Well, I mean, it's a Michael Bay movie, and you, from from a Michael Bay movie, you you know you're going to get lots of crashes and smashes and car chases and explosions. And I think it did tick all those boxes. I don't think you're going to expect high cinema. I think this was enjoyable enough. I think that Jake's obviously having a lot of fun as an egotistical robber. He's had quite an interesting career path. You know, he was starting in you know, kind of a critically acclaimed films like Donnie Darko, The Zodiac, Brokeback Mountain. He's now in, just seems to be in this kind of chaos mode where he's just appearing in any sort of smash him up. You know, we obviously had The Covenant, now Ambulance. And there was also those recently reports that he got a movie cancelled because of his behaviour was so erratic and, and wild. Had you seen that, Tom? Mm, I'm not sure I did. <laughs> It was some sort of French film or something that was in development and I think his behaviour was just so crazy on set and completely arguing with the director and wanting to get everything changed that they just scrapped the whole thing. They just chucked the whole thing in the bin. Crikey. I think maybe that's what it was for me, that, you know, Jake wasn't the usual character he is who, you know, is the, the goody, if you like, the one you want to kind of support and things. In this one, he was a bit of an arse throughout. And so maybe that's why I didn't enjoy this film. You just you just love him so much, he has to be the goodie. Otherwise, yeah. you just can't get on board. No, I just couldn't, couldn't get on board um, at all. Yeah, there's a, in, interesting scenes. I think, without giving too many spoilers, there's one scene in the back of the ambulance which is just truly unbelievable <laughs> that basically... Well, I'll just say they basically perform open surgery in the middle of in the back of the ambulance while driving around LA, performed by a paramedic. Yeah, paramedic and one of the the bank robbers. This is what I meant about the logic of the film. Then the person who they've performed surgery on, they've they've stitched, they've stopped an artery bleeding. Basically, stopped him bleeding out with the hair clip in the the paramedic's hair, and. You know, twenty minutes later in the film, this guy's up and about. So, yeah, I mean, it is ludicrous. Obviously, 
it was it did have something to it. I was genuinely gripped during that scene where you're like, oh, like what is going to happen here, you know? And that's what these films do. I think it was also interesting how the film was obviously Jake's brother played by Yaya, that he was obviously the goodie, but he was obviously involved in the heist. It was like, how were they going to sort of combine those two things? How were they going to make a happy ending while he was also involved in the criminal behaviour? That was going to be an, an interesting sort of juxtaposition from the film to try and juggle those two two sides. And they sort of managed it. It sort of ended in a in a in a way that ticked all the, all the boxes, where he got to be a hero and villain. But I think it does what it says on the tin. If you're looking for a film about an ambulance, this is what you you, know, you can't complain about a lack of ambulances. And if you're looking for a film directed by Michael Bay, where there's going to be lots of explosions, and for for some reason, police cars continually crash into parked cars for no reason at yeah. all. Yeah, forever driving under no pressure at all. They'll just swerve. Yeah, so hit, hit a parked car. Yeah, yeah, or or the back of a for, a forklift truck and get the the roof <laughs> taken off. I don't know why I'm really into a silly buggers action film, but this just really rubbed me up the wrong way. I don't know what it was. <laughs> um, and for that reason, I, it's only getting two and a half dooms from Ooh. me. I would have sworn this would have been a Tom Davy classic, a, a <laughs> film that, that you would say nothing more than you like to sit on a long haul flight and watch. But uh, anyway, I will. I am more positive about it. I think there was a. It was enjoyable enough. It was thrilling enough. Obviously, it is very daft, but that is what Michael Bay does. Um, you know, he is the probably the finest director at daft action films like. The Conair and The Rock and a lot of the Transformers. So I'm going to give it three dudums. I mean, what was the point in that police guy and his dog in the back of the car? Pointless. And now, what's coming soon? Constellation, a new series on Apple TV Plus starring Naomi Rapace and Jonathan Banks about an astronaut who returns to Earth after a disaster in space. It's available on Wednesday, 21st of February. I don't know either of those actors, but sounds a bit good. You might do. Well, Naomi Rapace was the girl in the dragon tattoo in the original Swedish films. I'm sure you were a big fan of those. Oh, yeah, I remember her, yeah. And Jonathan Banks plays Mike in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Oh, or know the, him too. The old okay. bald man. Yeah, oh, that sounds quite good. I can't imagine him in space from the who he played in those series. But His face would be very wrinkly. <laughs> it, it might, yeah. Well, that sounds good. We'll have to look out for that, although it's an Apple TV Plus, so I won't be, unfortunately. Shogun, a new limited series based on the best-selling novel about civil war in the 1600s um, in Japan. In 1600s Japan, um, arrives on Disney Plus from Tuesday, 27th of February. That sounds interesting. I like a bit of Japan. Is it? Assume that sort of swords and samurais and such. Yeah, lots of swords and samurais, and I'm sure there'll be all the tribal warring and. Japanese art of fighting. I think it's supposed to be quite a bit of an epic show, a sort of huge, you know, historical mm-hmm. scale. So. Sounds quite good. I do have Disney Plus. I will give that a watch. In a change of pace for Adam Sandler, he stars in Spaceman, a new Netflix original film 
on out on Friday, first of March. It also stars Carrie Mulligan and Paula Dana, Dano, um, and, and follows an astronaut Paul Dino. Paul D Dino. Oh, Dano. Is it D- okay? Sorry, you called him P- Paula Dano. Is it what's it Dano? It was more the fact you called him Paula instead oh, of Paul. Okay. Let's just do this whole one again. No, I don't know. This is sticking in. I think it's good. Okay, this is Okay, it's Paul Dano, whoever that is. Uh, Paul Dano, he, he was in the Jake Gyll- the Prisoner, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. He was also in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, episode two, if you watch that, that we'll be talking about later. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Who is he? He's in... He's, he's probably in Batman. I'm sure he's been a Joker or something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've had Beatles a look. Paula. I, I know who Paula is. Well, that follows an astronaut sent on a mission to the edge of the solar system, where he meets a creature that helps his problems back home. Oh, helps his problems back home rather than helping him get back home. Okay, that's that sounds interesting. Could be okay. It's quite space orientated. This coming soon section. That seems to be quite a space orientated. Event, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't picked up on that, but obviously there's a lot of, must be the, the theme. Japan and space, that's what's coming soon. Amazon's latest original series, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, sees Donald Glover and Maya Erskine take on the roles of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in the 2005 action blockbuster in a new TV adaption. Apart from the job titles, the series doesn't share much with the film, as in this season, the two spies are aware of each other's jobs and are only married as part of their cover. Unlike in the film, you may remember, Tom, Angelina Julie and Brad Pitt were spies for rival agencies and didn't know they were spies, leading to hilarity and chaos. The show takes on a case of the week style while developing the larger arc with the backstories and the relationship. There's an incredible array of guest stars, including Paula Dano. <laughs> Paul Dano, as he's more commonly known, Wagner Moura, Sharon Horgan, and many more. So, Tom, would you go undercover with Donald Glover? Maybe. Seems a nice enough guy. Uh, no, I've not actually watched the original film, so no idea what what this was about. I do enjoy Donald Glover in in his music, Childish Gambino, but I'm not convinced by his writing. I'm not sure if it's my thing. Enjoyed Atlanta. This is okay. It's an interesting premise, but will I watch more than the two or three episodes I've watched? Probably not. <laughs> okay. That's my that's my full review. What a review. I mean, so detailed. But <laughs> I, mean, I think it is an unusual thing to remake. I don't think there was any real, you know, it's not as if Mr. and Mrs. Smith was a classic film that people had a huge amount of love for. It kind of was popular enough at the time mainly because it was the start of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's relationship so why they then decided to remake it just seemed a bit odd but then originally it was supposed to be Donald Glover with Phoebe Waller-Bridge of Fleabag fame and she oh. pulled out which then you think made it seem even stranger that it was going ahead but obviously they've kept going and I would say I disagree I think this is brilliant I think this is a really good show it's kind of how I think IP should be handled, and I don't think you need to create, you know, unnecessary prequels or spin-offs, you know, like Sexy Beasts, which is a show on Paramount Plus, which was about uh, it's quite odd. It's about these gangsters in London. Another thing I've been w- watching, it's based on the 2000 film Sexy Beasts, which I'd never heard of. 
So I don't know why we needed a prequel for it. Have you ever heard of that film? No. 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 I am or Berlin, which obviously is a spin-off from Money Heist, which is one of is absolutely honestly, it's almost as bad as After the Flood is absolutely dreadful, Berlin. I'm struggling to the finish line. It's I really <laughs> enjoyed Money Heist and I really like Berlin as a character, but this show is abysmal. But Mr. and Mrs. Smith is showing them what you, you can use just the bare bones of the concept of two spies married and turn it into something much more interesting and unique rather than just creating the same thing again. And I think it's really good. I think it's I like the fact that each week there's a completely different mission. It's got you know Donald Glover. It's got his kind of classic goofiness as well. It's obviously very serious. I think he's brilliant. You look at his career, what Donald Glover has done. He started off as you know, a stand-up comedian. So was very good at that. Was a writer on Thirty Rock, which is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. He then starred in Community, which is another brilliant sitcom. Then created Atlanta, which again is an incredibly popular, brilliant TV show. He, as you've mentioned, is Childish Gambino got number one hits, a successful music career, and now he's doing this with Mr. And Mrs. Smith. There isn't really much this guy can't do. It's true. Seems that way. Yeah, I think I wouldn't say this is bad. I just wouldn't say it's particularly my thing and i think if phoebe waller bridge had been in it it i mean it would have been probably epic given her talents but i think i think looking at rotten tomatoes this kind of sums it up that it's 89 percent of your 90 percent for the critics and in the 60 percent for the audience that kind of sums this up it's that kind of thing it's a sort of a not that exciting, but critics will think it's very good. Which you see what I mean? <laughs> AKA Greg. I'm surprised at that because it's not. It is a show that is based around sort of spies and action and adventure. While obviously there's the the intrigue of their relationship and as they bond and connect, and there is great chemistry between Donald Glover and Myra Erskine. Certainly, I would fall on the side of the critics here and give this four to dooms. I think this is really great. Um, I'm enjoying each episode more and more as well. I think you know, the first episode wasn't amazing, but each episode has been intriguing with the mission. Some of the guest stars um, has been great. So I'm giving it four to dooms. What about you, uh, Tom? Wow, how pr- high praise. Well, I watched the first episode and then it had one of these sort of coming in the rest of the series thing trailers. And I thought, I didn't think that looked good at all. But then when I watched the second episode, it was better than the trailer. So, I don't know. I think it's middle of, uh, not middle of the road, that's harsh. I'd give it three and a half to Dooms. I'd probably say watch Griselda before it, in my opinion. (laughs) I would disagree with you there. (laughs) So, now it is the part of the show where I test Tom's expert almost encyclopedic like knowledge of all things tv and film and this week in honor of mr and mrs smith which of course is a remake or a rejig of the classic 2005 movie we are talking all things remakes i am going to give you uh, three films they're all linked to a director an actor a style and you have to tell me which of those has got a tv spin-off if that makes sense okay. So first up, which Hitchcock film has a TV series? Is that Vertigo, The Birds, or Psycho? Hmm. Um, the Birds. Incorrect. It is Psycho, which beats oh, Motel spin-off, which was quite oh, a good I... show, based about Norman, yeah, Norman Bates and oh. his relationship with his mother. 
So that was very good. Next up, which Harrison Ford thriller has a TV series? Is it The Fugitive, Indiana Jones, or Han Solo from Star Wars? Um, I think it's Han Solo. Incorrect. Han Solo was a movie. It was a spin-off oh. movie, but the TV series was The Fugitive, which I think was a TV series pre and after the film. Oh. There was a more recent version as well, I'm afraid. Oh. Next up, we've got which 80s action series? Is it Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, or Beverly Hill Cop? Um, I can't think. Beverly Hill Cop doesn't have a spin-off, does it? Lethal, we- Lethal Weapon. Correct. It ran for, I think, three series. So, well done. One point for Yes, we've got a point. Next up, which magical sort of teenage book series does not have a TV spin-off? So, two of these do, one of them doesn't. We've got a series of unfortunate events, His Dark Materials and Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Correct. There is a TV spin-off of a series of unfortunate events. That was on Netflix with Neil Patrick Harris. And his Dark Materials was on BBC, and there was a film. I feel like I'd heard of those two. Yeah, okay. Last up, got two out of four so far. Will he make it three? Which classic Denzel Washington film is it that only one of these has got a TV spin-off? Is it The Equalizer, Training Day, or Man on Fire? One of these has a spin-off. Yeah, one of those has got a, a remake spin-off, whatever you want to call it. What was the second one? Training Day. Mm, must be Man on Fire. Incorrect. It is The Equalizer, played oh. by none other than Queen Latifah. Christ. But The Equalizer didn't come out that long ago. I nope, assume they, they did. Let's, when we've got an uh, action hero like Queen Latifah available, we need to give her a great role. And she was the equaliser, and I don't know if that series is still ongoing. That sounds dire. Talking of things that are dire, Tom, you got two out of five in the quiz. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think that... What was the first one? Um, Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred, yeah, I mean, I've not watched any of those, I'm afraid. So it was really picking in the dark for me there really guessing other than the third one i think and that concludes february's edition of what do you want to watch we've not really seen well tom certainly hasn't seen anything that he enjoyed he was pretty negative about it all i did really enjoy mr mrs smith and was reasonably apathetic about the other two before we wrap up it's always time for the most important part of the show and that is of course celebrity gossip so tom what is happening on the streets of Hollywood? <laughs> it's a great question. What is going on? Um, I suppose the big story is about, as I was saying before, you know, Taylor Swift jetting around. Uh, well, two stories. One is much she uses a private jet and, and is very unsustainable. And the second is how she's constantly in the news, particularly around the Super Bowl and how she jetted from Tokyo, I think. She was in a show the night before. Uh, the Super Bowl, right into Travis Kelsey's arms beyond the game. And she wasn't the only celebrity there. I saw it was quite the star-studded event. It was, yeah. Um, you had the halftime show. You had old Usher playing Luda, um, Luda Chris. Her, she played. Um, Little John, of course. Um, all the big stars. Oh, no, Alicia Keys, she did a bit, her bit as well. A lot of big stars, but who was in the audience? The Biebers that were there. Well, it was Ice Spice. 
Oh, you're meaning with with um, her? Yes, it was it was old ice spice with her with her wee permed ginger hair. And what's what's her name? Ryan Reynolds' wife. Blake Lively and Lana Del Rey. Oh, I didn't see Lana Del Rey there. Yeah, I wasn't sure about. I mean, Ice Spice is obviously an interesting character. I think we may, I think you maybe mentioned maybe in privately her her latest release, which is quite a rude song. Which we won't name it's here. It's about farting. It's about flatulence and bowel motions, isn't it? That's how it goes. Right, yeah, well, that's going to have to be heavily edited, but I'm sure we can get Tom's lovely rendition of wind or bowels. Um, wind or bowels? That'd be a good quiz. Wind or bowels? Yeah, yeah, that could be. That's a good idea for next time. Um, but yeah, so no further gossip from the Super Bowl, other than just listing the people who were there. No, there's you know, no, there wasn't a lot of gossip that have come out of that. Um, just you know, all the all the key players were there. Obviously, Jay Z was there because he now chooses who's at the Super Bowl, does he not? Because it's Jay. I'll just have to Google that. Jay Z chooses Super Bowl. Why does he have to do it? It must be something to do with Rock Nation or something, and Apple Music set it up. So Jay Z chooses. Why hasn't Beyonce done it yet? She did do it the other year, didn't she? Oh, did she? Yeah. Well, that's why. So no, there's nothing else. You know, I've I've just tried to I've just opened the Daily Mail to try and sort of give something more to this, and I found that Gemma Collins is engaged. Uh, do you know that, Craig? <laughs> I didn't know that. No. For the third time, um, apparently. So there you go. There's a bit of top. I'm not sure you can call it celebrity gossip, but uh, okay. <laughs> well, that concludes. What do you want to watch? The February edition. As um, ever, we're on all the social channels at at What to Watchers. If you have any feedback, recommendations, reviews, please get in touch. And it's goodbye from me. It was goodbye from me. Goodbye.